is America. Don't got you slipping up. Look how I'm living up. Police be tripping up. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. I gotta carry him. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go into this. Yeah, yeah, this is Gorilla. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go get the bag. Yeah, yeah, or I'ma get the pad. Yeah, yeah, I'm so cold like yeah. Yeah, I'm so dull like yeah. Good morning. Today is Wednesday. It is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHHLP, where you will hear conversation, information, inspiration, and motivation from the American Arab perspective. I am your host, Kinsley Osset, and my co-host, Shafiq, is in the building. In the studio today will be our special guest, whom we will introduce very soon. Today on Urban Talk Radio, you can join the conversation on Facebook at Bull Minds and Twitter at Bull Minds. You can also join me on my Facebook page, Kinsley O-S-E-I. You can also stream this show on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Uh, today's topic will be uh, Republicans will be focusing on the upcoming legislative session in Connecticut, which begins in January. Um, our special guest on this show today will be Senator Kevin Kelly, which is the uh, Republican Senate leader, and also Avery Gaddis, uh, Director of Urban Affairs of Connecticut Senate Republican Caucus. So today we have... Um, Hopefully, some um, some good Republicans. Because uh, for me, I don't think there is any good Republicans out there. Uh, Shafiq, Shafiq, continue to tell me. CNN again. again. He, he, hey, hey, hey! Relax. Relax. For relax, CNN. relax. It's always it's always <laughs> a hot, it's always a hot seat out here. Nobody gets a pass. It's always a hot seat. Um, so I'm taking from here, uh, Shafiq. How are you today, brother? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I took my whole studio apart to go to the, to the mountains. I came back, and now I feel like I got to restart the studio. But no, I'm doing good, man. It's a lot going on, but we'll get through it. Put it like that. It's a lot going on, but we'll get through it. Senator, good morning. Um, hope all is well. We're still waiting for Avery, correct? Uh, yeah. yeah um, we, we're not, we're gonna not going to wait. He, he can catch up. It's like a dribble. He can catch up. So, Shafiq, I'm sorry, I'm here. Oh, yeah, you sound like you are a spirit. <laughs> I'm here. It sounds like a spirit. He's like, no, man, I'm here. Dude. I got it. I got Christmas. I got Christmas toys to buy, man. Don't let me go yet. Yeah, so, uh, Senator, this is an open show, show format. And just, you know, we don't really follow a rundown or a script. And uh, it's just an open, candid conversation talk about the issues, give opportunity to really connect with people and our viewers who come across a lot of different platforms um, and a lot of different age groups. So, you know, why don't you introduce yourself, tell people, you know, what makes you different than other Republican senators? Uh, sure. Well, uh, you know, I like to say that, uh, you know, my mom uh, is a Democrat. Uh, my dad was a Republican. And I come to the, the table of politics, so to speak, the marketplace of ideas, from the perspective that the parties are neither right nor wrong. They're different. And where they differ is that I believe both sides want to make our communities, our state better. It's the method in which they employ or they use to get there that makes the difference between, uh, you know, a Democrat way or a Republican way. And so 
you know, I grew up in that household. I didn't view my mom as having all the right answers, nor did I view my dad as having all the right answers. What they all felt was that the Kelly kitchen table is what they took care of, the Kelly household, and wanted to make sure that the family was taken care of, was provided for, and everybody worked together uh, in pulling on those oars. Uh, that's never left me. That That's the fabric uh, that I was raised in. It's, it's who I am. And as a result, as I move forward in my public life, because we were taught a number of things, you know, you always to give back, to be part of your community was one thing. And that's what's led me to public service. But it's from that perspective that what you want to do is get all viewpoints, all perspectives. Everybody's perspective has merit, maybe differing from yours, but it has merit. And as long as you have that candid and frank conversation, you don't mind the conversation and, and it's okay to disagree, but never be disagreeable. Uh, that's where I think we do, that's the strength of our democracy is that having these differing views. Uh, so moving out, you know, you got involved. And so it, it led me here, never thought it would. Uh, from my days in, in leaving college, working in the state welfare department in the Bridgeport office uh, to where I am today, never would have thought this journey would have ended up in, in this position today. But along the way, I've met a lot of good people, heard a lot of good ideas. And as long as you're an active listener, and I'm going to say stay focused on bettering your community, leaving it better than what you found it. Uh, I mean, I just thought about that even this morning as, you know, the light came on on the car. It showed the low, the air pressure in the tire was low. And I stopped at the gas station and the hose for the air was just left on the ground. Mm. Well, I got out. I put the air in my tire. But what I was taught was you try to leave the place better than you found it. So I yeah. coiled it up, I put it nice, and I put it back on the thing. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if the whole world thought that? And whatever they came in contact with, they made better. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's where I come from. And what I try to do is listen to all viewpoints, solve problems, uh, and, and get results. And as long as you stay focused on the problems, you listen to everybody's perspective, and you strive for results, I think we'll leave wherever we are a better place. How long you been in the Senate? How long you how long you been sitting there in the Senate? Shafiq, uh, can just on, can you hold on one one quick second? I needed to, I needed to do this, but I was interrupted by my daughter. Um, okay. it, it's been um 10 years since the um um since 20 students and 10 um, <clears throat> educators were gunned down at um, Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. Um, that's why I'm wearing all orange today. Can you see the orange on our screen? Yes, okay. I can see it. Awesome. So we would like to have a quick um, moment of silence for, um, for everybody who's been uh, a victim of gun violence throughout the United States, but mostly, um, especially for today, uh, students and uh, educators of the Sandy Hook Elementary School. So uh, let's please have a, a quick moment of silence. All right, we will have to cut it short since we're on the radio. They will always be in our heart. Uh, thank you very much. And um, lastly, I will also um, like to um, send our condolences to um, 
a very good friend. Um, um, if you know, you you know, you you know about your hip hop, you know about cool chilling records. Um, we we had uh, a few of them over here, including our brother Fly Tie. Um, there is a gentleman that just passed. His name is Granddaddy IU. I had the opportunity to invite him to our uh, hip hop expression of Black history in uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut. We held a hip hop and gun violence forum, which was hosted by Senator Blumenthal, uh, the mayor, along with the police chief. And um, you can see him pictured uh, on the screen where I'm pointing. He's standing right in front of the TV uh, in the back. And um, he's also right below to the left wearing orange on the flyer. Uh, he did pass yesterday. And um, you know, on this on this day, we give our hip hop pioneers and legends throughout Connecticut and throughout the country their flowers for their contribution to the culture of hip hop. While we also take that opportunity to address the gun violence within our community, because we think hip hop plays a part, and hip hop can also be a part of the solution. That's what this event is all about. So we are glad we were able to give him his flowers while he was able to smell it while he was still here. So may he. Rest in peace, granted the IU of our co-children records as well. Thank you very much. Go ahead. All right, so Senator Kelly, so we're, we're on Urban Talk Radio and we have our guest today, Senator Kevin Kelly, Senate Republican leader. So we're gonna get to some hardcore questions because I know you, you're like a master politician sometimes in that you could just get us. So the question is, how long you been in, in the Senate? Uh, I've served six terms, which is 12 years, and was just okay. reelected to a seventh term. Uh, so we'll be going back for two more. So let me ask you this. How does a Republican even get elected in Connecticut? Because, you know, um, it just seems just so different. Is, is, is Connecticut so different outside of like New Haven and Bridgeport and Hartford and Waterbury? Because most of these um metros appear to be completely blue so you're you're in what town what's your town i live in stratford so you're in stratford which is right outside bridgeport right um how does is stratford a red town is, how does that happen uh no i would say stratford's a blue town okay. uh you know it has a lot of it, it actually mirrors uh, the demographics of Connecticut. Wow. Uh, you know, you have uh, as far as not only racial and gender, but also economic. Uh, you have areas of industry as well as uh, farms. So it, it's you know your coast and and so it's 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 got a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And in Stratford, Republicans can win. And, and the reason being, and I mean, not only did I win, but also. We have a mayor, we control a town council and a board of education, land use. Uh, so the the way I think you do it is you start with, you know, people and candidates who listen to their neighbors and respond accordingly to the issues of the town. You know, whatever it could be, a, it could be as simple as uh, making sure that the the garbage is picked up on time. It could be paving streets or or bus routes or somebody that's involved in Little League or teacher or whatever it is. You, you, you deal with people, you listen to them, and if their government represents them and responds to them, guess what? People respond back 
with their votes. Uh, and that's the way the system's supposed to work. Uh, but it does take work. I'm not going to lie. It, it takes work and effort. Uh, but it's something that I think uh, can work in the state of Connecticut wholeheartedly. So, and Kinsley, jump in whenever you want. The question, the question, one of the burning questions that I have, you mentioned um, growing up, right? So you are, do you live in the town that you grew up in? Is Stratford where you, where you, where you're from? Uh, yes, actually, uh, well, a little bit of a long story. My dad sold brake shoes for Raybestos, which was a company in Stratford. Uh, they used to manufacture uh, brake shoes. And so he was a salesman out in Pennsylvania. So I'm uh, born in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I know Allentown. I, I've, yeah. I've been there. I've been uh, a beautiful place. Well, it was a beautiful place when I was there. I don't know what it looks yeah, like it was now. Beautiful, beautiful place <laughs> when I was there, too. But that was uh, more years yeah. than I like to admit. Yeah. Uh, uh, but we always came back because the family was yeah. from Stratford. You know what I like about Allentown, Senator, is the, um, the, the, the lake that runs through the town. It looks, it's almost similar to what Edgewood Park looks like, but it's the long, you can go fishing. The people were out yeah. there fishing and picnicking and I've never seen any, I still have yet to see a green space like that anywhere in my travels. It's absolutely amazing, but go ahead. Go well, ahead. Uh, you're, I think you're talking about uh, Muhlenberg Lake. Yes, yes, yes. The uh, Seaside Park in Bridgeport is pretty nice. Um, that's a. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go take a walk down there. You know what I mean? Come on, stop, come on, Shafiq. Come on, Shafiq. Stop talking down on us, man. We'll go yeah, back to know. that gun stop violence it, thing is real. That gun violence thing is stop real. Gun violence it, is real. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Connecticut has a lot of these jewels. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, Seaside Park is a lovely uh, area. But, Kevin, uh, Kevin, yeah, Kevin sure. remind him. Remind him we are broadcasting to the world and we invite the world to come to Seaside Park. There you go. I would tell you, come daylight hours. I would just suggest come daylight hours. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. It's a safe place to be, man. Stop yeah, okay. you, University of Bridgeport is right there. So we, invite yeah. you to, we invite you to come to Seaside Park. It's there one of go. the best parks in the country. Uh, there's, you know, they just did the, uh, the, the, the uh, what do you call it? They just did a festival out there, which was safe. right. It was successful. People came from all over the world. Again, we invite you to come to the. So I figured it out now, Kingsley. You moonlight for CNN and Park and Rec for Bridgeport. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Don't worry, man. Don't worry. Again, I'm still gonna hook you up, man. You nah, let's go. keep it on. A, let's keep it on. A, you know, it's economic development. Let's keep it on the positive. You know, for yeah, I'm keep it on positive. You know? So, Senator, let's let's get down to so, the. So yes, I did. Just yeah. to answer the other question, I did grow up. Uh, in Stratford, I actually moved one street over from where my mom still lives to this day. Wow, wow. Uh, and we have a daughter that lives one street over oh, the yeah. other way. Okay, you doing so? The, yeah, I love so it. So, we're we're in the community, yeah, and we tend yeah. to stay in the community. We're not, yeah. I, I didn't go that far in life, yeah. Well, you went far, which you did. Um, you know, you did what, which is one of my beliefs. You know, I live on a street which is probably uh, within two blocks of where I actually grew up. Right. Um, I moved a couple of times, but it's within, uh, we kind of try to move ourselves out of poverty, but I guess you would say this is the advance of it, but it's only two blocks from where I grew up. My son lived, now lives next door with his wife and his daughter. And 
Um, if, if I have anything to do with it, I'll be working on bringing all my children to the community. So, right. you know, that's the old community style of living. And that's where I was wondering, because you're a senator, you're in Stratford, you're Republican, you're white skin. And so, you know, my question is, how does that, how do you continue to resonate a message in an energy in this political climate that allows you to um, be able to get reelected, but you have roots there, right? Um, which obviously makes a difference. I think, um, you know, you have hometown standing as, as I say, I, I guess you would say um, with this. So the, the question, I, the new question, we're gonna shift gears a little bit and let's talk about what is perceived as a racial divide within our current politics or our political sphere. We have people who believe Republicans are all white, that they're racist, that they're part of Stop the Steal, that you don't dare deal with a Republican, you don't mention it. Um, I remember one time when I was, uh, me and my wife was discussing something around then President Trump, and I made a comment and my wife told my grandmother, my late grandmother, if he does that, I'll divorce him. And my grandmother said, and I give you permission. And I was like, bruh. So, you know, there's a lot, depending on how you talk about Republicans, right? You're Republican at the state of Connecticut. There was a hot heated race in, in, in Georgia. It was like chapter five of the Republican saga, right? There's an ongoing investigation at the federal level. How do you navigate at the local, because you've got to navigate your your local politics, right? Because you're part of the New Haven, you're, you're part of your Stratford delegation. Yep. How do you navigate that local politic, political scene and the state scene through all of the, are you a racist white guy? Are you part of systematic racism? What are the Republicans trying to do? How do you deal with that? Do you deal with that up front or do you, cajole it how do you deal with that well i mean first and foremost you, you it's frustrating when you look at that national you know narrative that's happening uh and you say that that is so not me uh but then you come back to what you had mentioned is i'm kind of a hometown guy a lot of the kids that i played ball with that i went to school with you know, that I know are still in the community too. I, sometimes I think like a lot of people don't leave Stratford. You move around town, but they don't leave and you see them and, and they know who and what you are because they grew up, we, you, you, we grew up together. And so what you have to do is be diligent and consistent and, and you know, just uh, be who you are. But also, when you confront these issues, you got to talk candidly and, and let people know, not only in word, you know, it takes a lot of doors, you got to knock on people's doors, you got to talk, but more importantly, listen. Uh, and at the same time, also behave in a manner that demonstrates that you're not that national narrative. So that, for instance, when I was along the way, uh, we came up with part of the uh, insurance laws that were passed with the Affordable Care Act allowed Connecticut a lot of, uh, I'm going to say, more freedoms. So one of the things that I thought was a good idea was if a woman became pregnant, that should be a qualifying event to purchase health insurance. Now, this is like five years ago, six years ago. At that time, 
uh, I started to do research because people were pushing back saying, no, we can't do this. It's not a good idea. What I found over and over again was that regardless of, you know, your, your station in life, you could have individuals with the same uh, socioeconomic, same insurance, same medical providers, but yet based on race, have a different, substantially different health outcome. And to me, just looking at the facts, I said, that's not right. This is, there's something wrong here. This, this shouldn't be. So then I proposed legislation that would create a task force to study this issue as to racial uh, inequity when it came to health care. Now, I started that four or five years ago, and it didn't get traction, didn't get traction as far as the people in the state legislature. Obviously, stakeholders, people in the community all thought it was a great idea, couldn't understand why I wasn't finding friends at the Capitol. But then with the summer of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, all of a sudden there became a different perspective at the Capitol to the point where we had a bill that talked about uh, not only health equity, but that uh, racism is a public health emergency. Right. And when that happened, I immediately gravitated towards that issue because it was something I was advocating long before it even became an issue here. And it was right where I thought we needed to be was to start to study this issue, get information on this issue, start doing benchmarks and, and try and figure it out. Are Republican, uh, now, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. Yeah, I'm a Republican. So I caught I caught back back drafts on that one because mm -hmm. people were like, how could you do that? You know, especially with, you know, I'm going to put it in quotations, woke uh, adjectives were used. <laughs> and the fact of the matter was. I was advocating for this long before. Now, finally, we have an opportunity to move it forward. And so I did. Yeah. So I think that, and Kings, I don't want to dominate. I want to leave you, but I want to ask this, because this is really interesting. Um, you're pushing for something. You're advocating for something because you're moving on information. You're moving on emotion and you're moving on passion about it, right? As you said, hometown guy grew up in Stratford, you're a senator, you know people, you knock on doors, it's neighbors, your kids are in the community. But yet when you started engaging in this, I guess you would say progressive thinking, the concept of woke came up. And so the question is, is there something that's happening in the Republican party that it's like, if I can use the terms, people of color issues, are a priority, but they're on a timeline. If you look to accelerate the timeline, then you get caught in a woke thing. If you just leave it alone, it's like we're gonna get to it. How do you, I guess the question is, Senator, how do you become a change agent as a Republican? Do you see yourself as a change agent? If so, what is that? Well, absolutely a change agent. Uh... I mean, just look at what happened yesterday when the governor decided uh, it was a good idea to cut the income tax from 5% to 4% for families earning less than $150,000. That idea was an idea that we put forward last session in May 
and actually gave every Democrat in the legislature uh, an opportunity to vote on it. And they all voted no. Okay, we actually had a campaign where they not only talked about how it was reckless and foolish, uh, now all of a sudden, yesterday, he comes out, it's, it's a good idea. And that's part of it, is mm-hmm. when you want to be a change agent, you need to put together good ideas. Good ideas come from active listening. Actively listen to your communities, to your neighbors, to the people you come in contact with, and then put in place the actual idea that achieves and solves a problem. Because when people come to you, this is the thing I learned working for the Department of Social Services, that people are proud. Uh, they, they do not want to ask for something unless they need help. And so when people come to you as a Senator there and they ask, I need help with, and we could talk about whatever it is. It could be, uh, healthcare, it could be education, you name the issue. They're coming and asking for help because they can't fix it themselves. And as a proud person, that's very hard to do. So you got to give them credit for coming forward, but then also take that, that suggestion. I mean, this is one person in front of you, guaranteed they represent multiple people behind them. And as such, now it's incumbent on us. How can we solve this problem? What do we have to do to sit down and solve the problem? And that's where you start reaching out, talking to to stakeholders, uh, other people that are dealing with this issue and see if we can't collaborate. Once again, getting a, a different perspective, uh, different ideas to put those together to come up with the workable common sense solution. And I think that's where the Connecticut Republicans are, are distinguishing themselves in the sense that we're putting forward these, these workable common sense solutions that can actually be achieved if we would just get some, I'm going to say some friends at the Capitol. Some cooperation. Yeah, exactly. Kingsley, what's up, man? All right, let me do the station ID. This is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHHLP. I am your host, Kingsley Osei, my co-host, Shafiq. And if you are just joining us today on Urban Talk Radio, you can join the conversation on Facebook at Bull Minds and Twitter at Bull Minds. Also on my Facebook page, Kingsley O-S-E-I. You can also stream this show on... You can also stream this show on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Today's topic is uh, Republicans will be focusing on an upcoming legislative session in Connecticut, which begins in January. We have our special guest, uh, Senator Kevin Kelly, who is the Senate Republican leader. Now, um, Senator, um, what I keep hearing you say over and over and over, Oh, oh, well, like, if he take it. <laughs> All right. So here's the deal. So I'm going to come in. We, I sit on the, on the uh, Connecticut Task Force for Police Reform. And we put together, um, and there was different people. So let's be clear. There was Republicans, Democrats, different people. I don't know what, even know what people's political background was. And nobody even talked about it. But we all came up with, different things. One of the things that came out of it 
um, which I've been pushing hard and I'm still pushing, was the declassification of equipment, motor vehicle equipment violations as being indicated for primary stops. Headlights, um, uh, fuzzy dice hanging from your mirror, um, broken taillight. Uh, based on my data research and working with Kim Barone, from his data and research from um, now he's there with UConn, I believe, that these type of equipment violations represent like 0.001% of contributing causes to accidents. So there's no safety nexus. What we found was that even when you look at the fines that are brought in from these type of enforcements versus the cost of what the time it takes for the officers to do it, there's not even a, 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 an effective cost analysis. So one of the individuals that spoke highly against this and appears to have blocked it or slowed it down is a Republican, I believe a state rep. I think he's a former detective or something at the state Capitol. Um, and he kept saying like, well, we can't do this because an undercover, and he said this on record that in undercover operations, you need to be able to pull people over for these, quote unquote, I use the term, petty instances in order to kind of flip them for drug investigations. And so when I talk about game changing, I'm talking about, you know, could we get the Republicans to, to be forward thinking on something like this, right? And show, I guess you would say as a good faith gesture to the critics that no, we are game changers. We are, we're, we're looking to take tackle the tough issues for African-Americans. Cause I think that the Republican party has to start banking goodwill. That, that's how to, you know, people are good people, right? I'm a good person, mm -hmm. but I just can't say it, right? Janet Jackson said, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> right? And right. so, you might be a good person, which we all know you're a good person, but what what, what is, show me, your, you know what I mean? What is it? So we're, when is that gonna start happening for, 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 cause I think that's the turn. I think that's the turn. The turn is like you said, you said they reduce income tax, but you know where the other turn is, is when y'all say we should have um, universal income, hmm. right? And you start identifying why, because all of these black people coming out of prison, many of them who are now in there for antiquated drug laws, we're about to make marijuana legal, but people don't spend their whole life in prison over it. What about universal income? So, you know, so do you understand what I'm saying, Senator? Do you get where I'm coming from? Yeah, no, I, I get exactly where you, you're coming from. It's, it's like I, I made the reference before, it's one thing to say something. But you have to, you know, demonstrate with your actions and conduct that you mean what you say. And, and that's really what you're talking about. Uh, you know, and you look at something as simple as, you know, a traffic violation because of a, you know, you, your blinker doesn't work. Uh, and you got to look at, well, what is what is really going on? You know, is it, I think what we want to do is create a more positive uh, view of policing mm -hmm. rather than a negative aspect. And right. what we don't wanna do is put our, our law enforcement officers in a position 
where it's a negative environment, you know, and that's what that lends itself to. I think uh, police officers and law enforcement have more important things to do, quite frankly. Correct. Uh, you know, I personally, it doesn't, if I see somebody whose taillight is out, I don't view that as uh, something I'll lose sleep over. Right. Uh, but if I'm afraid that my house is going to be broken into, that's a different story. Uh, and so, you know, that to me is you got to start putting things in priority, especially with the the law enforcement recruitment situation that we have going on in Connecticut now, yes, yes, you know, yes. where there's, there's limited resources that, yes. you know, do we really want to, to, to deal with it in that way? And I think there's better <laughs> ways if we're concerned about safety, uh, we could pick these up when you do a uh, mission test that you have to yeah. do every so often. Well, now they do the test, the blank, the, the blinkers, the fluids, the whole thing. Make sure your vehicle is inspected properly. So I think there's other ways to get yeah. at that if you're if that's your concern. I, I was at an FOP conference. Um, I think I was either in um, Tennessee, in the Old Opry in Tennessee, or I, I'm almost sure it was there because it was a lot. It was a lot. Okay, so FOP Fraternal Order Police Black Shafiq, only about 50 Black Shafiqs out of about 15,000 cops. And I was hanging out with some of the leadership of the national FOP and in our state FOP, John Krapinski and so forth. And so they said, Shafiq, you know why people get pulled over all the time for stuff like that? We're not pulling them over because they're black. They're getting pulled over and ticketed because they're poor. Because poor people have to make a decision do I fix the taillight? Do I pay the car insurance? Do I pay the car insurance and, and fix the taillight? Or do I pay my rent or buy groceries, right? Connecticut is the 20, has the 23rd highest um, uh, um, um, gross, gross per capita. I think it's our, our, our statewide um, income is, is, is that of Chile. Right. And in the United States, we are some of one of the highest per capita in the country. It's very expensive to live here now. And it's oh, yeah. about to be almost impossible with a 40% increase on the UI. I don't even know what that's about, but I'll tell you this. Um, if you could do something for that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the question, so this is what people, I'm, and I'm just gonna speak to black people, right? I'm gonna speak to African Americans. African-Americans are looking for who's going to fight alongside us. Mm -hmm. Who's going to fight consistently for these in-your-face issues, right? And so just going back to like the motor vehicle, how do we expect for people to maintain their vehicles when, when the UI is going up 40%, when gas prices is already hiked up, when, it when, when, when groceries are at the highest level? You know, here like here in New Haven, I was get I've been getting a lot of phone calls, which I didn't even know this myself. Why? Because my money's different. And I don't do a lot of shopping. My wife does a lot of shopping, but we we buy from a place where it's already expensive. But I'm being told the first of the month when the welfare checks in the public assistance come out, stop and shop raises their prices. Right? I didn't even know that. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, they've been doing that for a long time. So we need 
this is what we need you all to get in front of. Get in front well, of this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I know exactly what you mean. And it's, it's to a large part why I talk about affordability. We're working on uh, an energy issue. So that stay tuned on that. But this is exactly why what you're talking to and what you're referring to is exactly why I talk about affordability. It's why I, for instance, don't like the when when the, the majority talks about, oh, we gave tax credits, tax credits for housing, tax credits for electric vehicles. Uh, these are not uh, benefits for the working uh, and, and middle class. These are for people who are wealthy, wealthy enough to own a home, wealthy enough to have a luxury vehicle. Uh, you know, many folks uh, in our neighborhoods buy used cars. Used cars break down uh, more often than not. It's why I'm fighting for like the low income uh, heating assistance, even though we just put 30 million into that when the majority in August cut it by 40%, they changed the benefit levels. For a house that got, let's say $3,000 last year, they're only getting 600 this year. Well, the special session put $30 million more into that, but we didn't change the benefit levels. So the families aren't gonna be able to get access to additional cash and to help heat their homes and make sure that they're taken care of. It's why we're focused on these issues and continue to fight. And we'll continue to do that uh, because it, I just don't believe that in this, you know, 2022 uh, with the surpluses that we have, that there should be people going without such basic essential necessities like heat, like transportation. Exactly. These, these are, are just fundamental things that everybody needs just to get by not even get ahead, but just to get by. If, if the Republican Senate um, focus more on, do you, do you, I guess what I'm saying is, do y'all have the ability to just be very candid and say, look, this is a black issue and we're going to tackle this and we're taking this on in the next session. I think we can do that. Y'all ready for that? <laughs> Are you seriously? Look, Here's a great thing. Here's a great thing, Senator. All you have to do now is just pull all of the data. It's right there. And you, you, can't, you can't run from it, right? Mm -hmm. So we have an issue in New Haven. Uh, our, our educational system in New Haven, school system is collapsing, right? It's failing, uh, yes. 84% of third graders can't read in New Haven. But what people don't understand, that's not 84% of those 84% third graders, a very small portion of them are going to be white. A very small portion of them are going to be Muslim or Jewish or something like that. The majority of these kids that can't read are African-American, Hispanic, Latino, and immigrant. But no one identifies that. But you know what else? That's going to mirror and match the people that are struggling to live in New Haven and afford rents. Waterbury, Hartford, Bridgeport, and other places. Mm -hmm. The numbers don't change. And when no. you look at the gun violence numbers, the people that are getting shot and killed in our urban centers mirror the same demographic you know what i'm saying so it's not like black kids can't read new haven but only white kids are saying getting shot constantly what are, no it's the same demographic right and that demographic for often for your conservative base means they're gonna foot the taxes for every mistake that we drop the ball on in new haven with education gun violence prevention um housing equality 
um, dealing with groceries, dealing with other issues. The more we drop the ball on that, your constituents <laughs> are going to pay that bill, whether you like it or not. The only difference is you got to go back to them and get them to digest it. <laughs> it's oatmeal. They're like, no, it's not. It's moving. It's oatmeal, right? So that's the question. That's the question. I'm going to leave it there, Kinsley, because I want—I don't want to dominate, but I had to get that out. <laughs> Kingsley, you hear me? Um, no, I thought you had it. I thought you had it. Um, I thought it was a question. I, th I thought it was a question for It me. was a question, but it's didn't even want to touch that oatmeal. <laughs> no, I mean, you're, you're right about a lot of these issues that, uh, you know, people look at the wrong end and you saw our uh, criminal justice uh, proposal last last uh, uh, session, which was a safer way to uh, Connecticut. Uh, and it focused on investment earlier rather than investment later. And what you want to make sure is that you're giving everybody hope and opportunity. I mean, that's when you talk about failure of education, that's a failure of hope, a failure of opportunity. That's not that's not uh, what we should be allowing uh, in the state of Connecticut. Uh, and so when you see that, it's like you got to come up with a with a plan. And we did. We sat down. We went out to stakeholders. And so we put pen to paper and we talked about what we needed. We needed the mentorship and we needed workforce development and, and to put kids in, in touch with individuals so that they would get those opportunities shown to them because there's great jobs out there, jobs that can buy a house and raise a family and, and make a community better. Uh, and so this is where I think we've got to start changing our dialogue and our focus back to the basics uh, what do uh, folks need? And in this case, you know, they, they want safer housing. They want safer communities. They want uh, a, a future for their children. Uh, that's what everybody wants. That's what everybody and, wants. And so here is the opportunity. Put it, let's start focusing on this. Uh, and sometimes you have to have the candid conversation also on, you know, who's running these boards of education? Why is this being allowed to persist? So uh, you know, you see those types of results. If the Yankees got that out of their manager, the manager would be canned. Wow, thank you. We got about <laughs> we got about five more minutes to um to get off the radio. The conversation could um you know go on for let's say another 15 minutes, depending on how much time you have on um on uh, no, they, they said we gotta shut down right at um oh, oh they shut it down on Facebook yeah, too. Right? Shut down. Yeah. Okay, so um Hot for day. me, um they say all politics, all politics are local. I focus on national politics a lot because uh, everything passed on the national level also is impacted us on the local level. Uh, and every politician on the local level, I believe, wants to climb the ladder all the way up to the presidency. So uh, being in the state Senate right now, I believe you have an aspiration to be um, a U.S. senator one day or, you know, to be in the uh, U.S. Congress one day. And uh, when that happens, you know, how are you going to vote? We don't know yet. So it's always a good game talk on the local level until you get on the national level and you find yourself that you are rubber stamped by a party and you just vote in party lines. Um, so 
GOP, for what I know, is the party of deregulation, uh, which basically means just letting corporations do whatever um, they want. And I'm going to take it, for instance, uh, for right now, Republicans are going after TikTok, right? And it, it, it's very funny to me that they are going after TikTok, but they have a disregard to, since Elon Musk took over Instagram, they have a disregard to the, in the hate speech that has been elevated on Instagram. So there they are, they are protecting Elon Musk because he's so-called freedom of speech. And meanwhile, they are going after TikTok to shut TikTok down. Do you have any idea of what's going on with that and why that is the uh, the case? Because all this is, you know, I'm in the business of violence prevention and, um, and you know, this hate speech, um, you know, it sparks violence on many different levels all the way down to our locals. Yeah, uh, first of all, I, I really don't aspire to go to Washington. Uh, great place maybe to visit, but certainly not to, to play politics. Uh, as to what you're talking about, though, I, I think there are issues here. Uh, and I noticed just in the 12 years that I've been in the Senate uh, that the, the conversations have become much more divisive. And I know a lot of it uh, stems from what goes on in Washington. Uh, it is polar. Uh, the, the language that's used, I mean, I, I know uh, Trump uh, often talks in, in very negative terms to people. Uh, you know, he, he criticizes people and he uses uh, adjectives that are just, you know, not kind. And on the other hand, he, he gets a response from the other side in, in very much the same tone. And at the end of the day, language is important. Uh, language is, is part of our, our culture. It's what brings us together. Uh, but what's unfortunate is that this tone has now pivoted people against each other rather than bringing us together. Uh, the politics, the democracy, this, this whole concept, which we're very uh, blessed to have, only works when you have candid and frank conversation. You need dialogue. You don't need insults. You have to understand that everyone you know, wants a, a better community, but we may have different ways to get there. And just because you have a different perspective doesn't make it right or wrong. It makes it different. And quite frankly, from my perspective, it's a, it's a perspective I don't have because it's different, which means I need to listen. That's something I need to learn and listen because I wasn't given that prior to the, to the conversation. So instead of insulting it, I need to find out more about it because that, that more, more information may actually be the gem, the jewel that we need to fix a problem might be the way through that I was having trouble. I couldn't get there because I couldn't see it. Now this difference of opinion is giving me something that now together we can move forward. We found the solution, but you gotta be open to that. And unfortunately where the, the public discourse has gone over the past 10 years is being more divisive, more riddled with insults than information. And we can't survive if that continues to go this way because what you want is conversation, not insult. 
Insult just pushes people apart. And what we need to do is, is bring everyone together. That was, uh, that was a great moderate Republican um, response to, the, um, to that question. And um, I guess the last would be, are you guys in a position when these hate speeches are being um, are flooding from, you know, um, people such as the majority of green and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Are you guys in a position to, to say, hey, guys, you know, um, whatever you guys are doing is also affecting, our, you know, the, 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 the violence in, you know, in our constituent. Are you, are you, do you have a voice to them to be able to tell them, hey, you need to tone, tone it down? Because for what I see, for some of them, they have no regards at all. Maybe um, for their constituents, you know, they, they, they love it, but it affects others as well. Are you in a position to be able, are you heard at all? Well, I believe we are, because uh, obviously we have these, these offices and, and roles at the Capitol, uh, and the Capitol is a place where uh, we have a platform to have a conversation. Uh, and so we need to use that platform to talk about these issues because, I, look, face it, in my view, every life is sacred. Every life needs to be protected and provided with that hope and opportunity that is part of the American dream. That's what we all share. And what we need to do is make sure that everyone has those opportunities and, and that they can live the life that they choose, because this is the, the guarantee of our country. You can be who you want to be. You can live the life you want to live. And you can do it in a free way. Allegedly. And, well, <laughs> but this is what we're, we aspire to. I mean, yeah, look, it, it, it's an imperfect union. Okay. Yeah. But it, it's incumbent on us yeah. to try and make it more perfect and more better. Uh, and, and if we're not doing that, then we're not leaving this place better than when we found it. Well, I will hope that, um, you know, you may be back again because I have a lot on my chest and a lot of time, um, you know, it, it, I have a progressive uh, liberal um, state of mind and um, I hardly can find moderate Republicans, um, sensible Republicans to really have a good debate. A lot of times I find myself having an argument with people with the opposition instead of uh, a debate because we just find ourselves just talking past um, each other. I've heard your responses today. Um, it tells me why you are in Stratford because I remember Stratford living in Bridgeport in the 90s. At one point, Stratford was a do not cross line. When you're coming from Bridgeport, you knew to take your hoodie off when you are entering Stratford. Um, you know, Shafiq asked you earlier, Stratford was red, blue, or whatnot, and you said Stratford is blue. Stratford to me is like a purple, maybe it's leaning a little bit blue. Uh, however, you are a Republican, uh, which is known for, um, you know, it's not too known for, you know, voting blue or whatnot. So um, I've heard all your answers and, um, you know, Stratford should be glad uh, to have you. Shafiq, we are about to cl um, close down. Yeah, yeah I, got a, I got a comment, just one comment, Barbara Fair. She says um, in the in the chat, uh, Senator Kelly want to thank you. Want to take time to thank you for accepting our organization, Stop Solidarity Connecticut, for the DOC Oversight Board. Even though two two other Republicans use obstructionist tactics to render the board less effective by appointing two correctional officers um, to what is supposed to be an independent oversight source, but she did want to say thank you. 
um, to that. And um, hopefully you can reach out to her and have more of a direct conversation. I think Barbara's a phenomenal, you know, she's one of those people that, you know, the Republican Party wants to try to work with. And if you really want to show true solidarity, I think that's, you know, you you just put an arm in the tip of the spear. Um, that's how I feel about it. But listen, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you being open. I know it's it's very rare for a senator to come on a show without questions. <laughs> well, thank so, you. But thank yeah. you for the opportunity. Yeah. I appreciate it. And uh, not rare for a senator because we've had some uh, Democrat senators, friends, some friends of mine that's been on the show. We just haven't had a Republican. So I need yeah, it. But I need it. I need it. Questions in advance. I needed to, or oh, whatever. I needed to correct <laughs> that. It's, it's not rare. What is rare is having a Republican here. I mean, you know, this is this is like, uh, um, you know, like Republicans not going on CNN because they're not ready to go face real questions. You know, I'll see it, man. I ain't even ready to go on CNN. <laughs> so anyway, this is the Urban Talk. Yeah, this is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHHLP. I am your host, Kinsley Osei. And if you are just joining us in the last part of our show, you can follow the conversation on Facebook at Bull Mice and Twitter at Bull Mice. Also on my Facebook page, Kinsley O-S-E-I. You can also stream this show and previous shows on your phone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Remember, thank you for joining us. And remember, Urban Talk Radio airs every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Thank you very much to our special guest, Senator Kevin Kelly, Senate Republican leader. Um, again, our condolences to everybody that's been a victim of gun violence. Our, um, our prayers and thoughts to the Sandy Hook uh, families and friends. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm so dull, like, Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now.